Welcome back to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. Thank you so much for joining again this week. We and hope you guys enjoyed our little flashback yesterday. Yeah, we did last, a, last week. week yeah, we did a flashback to our first episode because you know, that's actually one. Of, it's really interesting that our very first episode we've ever done when we analyzed the data and analytics on our that's podcast. still the highest one. It's like still the number one or number two very highest viewed podcast ever, and we still get so many. I mean, new, it makes sense because new people join and they listen to that one, but people, um, we have a lot of non-unique people go listen to it, meaning that people that have already listened to it go and continue to listen to that episode time and time again. Yeah. Plus the feedback for that episode, I always get yeah. how I just... mean, open it with a bang, you know, hey. open the show with a bang. That that episode was about keeping a growth mindset. Yeah. Which um, is, uh, awesome. Some updates of our life, I guess we could, we could share. Nothing much. <laughs> Same old... I've been, I've been reading some interesting books. I had just finished uh, two books that I highly recommend. One's called Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, I learned actually throughout the book and at the end, it's one of the most printed spiritual books that's ever been printed in history. And it was actually the book that at Steve Jobs' funeral, he gave to everybody as a gift that came to his funeral. Um, really, really good book. I've never read a book before that basically takes so many different belief systems from a religious and spiritual perspective and deconstructs them in a very articulate way and provides a very unique point of view to extract the underlying themes of religion and spirituality and like why we're here on this planet and like living a life to be a good person and kind of these very interesting philosophies that they pull from these different religious structures and convey it in a way that this man went around and, and preached and kind of he became just world renowned throughout India and throughout the United States and all these different areas around the world. Um, it was just a remarkable book. Like I, I will probably read it several more times after finishing it once because it's probably one of the best books I've ever read. And the other one I just finished that was recommended to me by a buddy was really fascinating because of everything that's just is going on right now with, um, you know, kind of progressing out of COVID and now there's new cases and all the, the governmental structures that have been implemented and kind of these control mechanisms and the censorship that's going on. It's just there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. And I read this book called Behold a Pale Horse. And the book was about this gentleman who was in the Navy back in the... Uh, I guess it was probably like the 60s and 70s and 80s. And throughout his time, he was he was initially like a huge patriot for the United States and you know, it was kind of all about his post and everything that he did. And then during his time in the military, he learned and got access to a bunch of information and documents and understanding of these different projects that were completely hidden and secret from the public domain. And he learned about a huge sequence of events that had been planned for a very, very long period of time in a group of people that were basically orchestrating our entire global economy. And it had gone back ages and ages, all the way to like ancient Egyptian times. And this same group of people uh, had been putting people of position in different, uh, people of power in different positions throughout thousands of years and um, goes very deep into like this shadow government that he learned that existed and um, these deep underground military bases called DUMBs, D-U-M-B, deep underground military bases, and kind of what goes on beneath the United States and other areas of the world. 
and gets very deep into the Bilderberger group, which is basically this group of about 100 people or 200 people that are kind of the modern day age of the Illuminati and these people that have this global mission to basically create extreme levels of control and go through tactics of like depopulating the earth through different things. And he was able to get access to all these internal uh, CIA documents and things through his time in the military where they like had these long-standing plans and strategies to remove constitutional rights and like things that are actually happening right now. And this book was published in 91 and he uh, goes very much into like Area 51 and Roswell and, and the engagements with that stuff as well. It's just really fascinating information from the perspective of somebody who had access to a lot of this information. And it became one of the the biggest best-selling books of its time. And when he came out, he also created a radio show and stuff following the release of this book. And it just had so much success that the president at the time was like, this particular individual is one of the most dangerous men to our democracy. And it's funny because I heard the guy in an interview and he's like, I consider that a compliment because I had obviously figured something out and I was pulling on a thread that was very serious and very secret about some global plans that were happening. And uh, it's just a really fascinating book. That was Behold a Pale Horse. But um, I think your brother actually initially recommended yeah. that one to me and I read it, but it was uh, it was awesome. Like I was blown away. There's so many things that I've studied over like the last 20 years um, in this space. And like I've never read a book that so succinctly kind of aggregates this information together and paints a very crystal clear picture about how all these other things I've read over the years come together. It was really fascinating. Wasn't that book banned? At one point it was, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been reading a book on angels recently. Oh, okay, yeah, so let's it. let's get this. We- okay, this is weird. So if you don't have an open mind, I would suggest you not listen to this segment of the podcast. But earmuffs. I have been. Um, I was given a book a couple weeks ago, um, and I'm blanking on the name, but it's Angel Something. Do you remember the name of it? No, I do not. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's called Angels Have Time or something like that. And um, it's based on a true story. The lady wrote it. And it was given to me by a friend. And I started reading it, but I only read a couple pages of it. Well, I've been praying to a certain angel for the last several weeks. And it's Angel, um, Arch, or Archangel, Archangel, Archangel Raphael. Raphael. And so it's odd that I get this angel book, right? I'm like, okay. Well, first, tell us why you were praying to that angel. Oh, it's just health stuff. Okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, so I've been playing, playing the angel and I get this book and I start reading it, you know, a little bit, little bit. I'm not, I don't like to read stories. I like to read self-help books like Law of Attraction, Positivity or things like that. I don't really like to read stories, but this one caught my attention and plus it was just randomly given to me. Mm-hmm. So reading it and then one day, like a week or two ago, I'm walking in like a butterfly park near our house and I'm just kind of like staring up like at the sky, and all of a sudden I see a yellow bird flutter over and sit on a wire. And I see cardinals here all the time, but I never see a yellow bird. And I'm like, whoa. And then within seconds, another yellow bird, and within another second, the third yellow bird. And they stood, stayed together for several minutes around my area and were flying together. And I'm like, that's got to mean something. And before I had seen the first one, I was thinking about the archangel Raphael. And I'm like, whoa, I got to look this up when I get home. I go home, I look on my phone, and I find out that it's um, a finch, a yellow finch. And yellow finches are have like direct 
a direct connection to like Christ consciousness or God, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, damn, that's weird because I was literally just like praying to one of God's angels when they showed up and I've never seen them before. A couple days go by. I'm driving to CVS and I took a wrong turn on a road and I'm like, okay, whatever. So I stop at the light trying to figure out how I'm going to maneuver out of here. And I'm at the light and I look to my left and I'm in front of this apartment complex called the Raphael. I've never been on this street. I've never seen that apartment complex, never heard of it, don't know anybody who lives in it. And I just like got the like goosebumps. Like I'm pretty sure I said, what? Out loud to myself. What? And then like looked in front of me at the light and I'm just like, what is going on? And again, I've been praying to this angel several times a day. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. I go to CVS, do my thing, and I'm still thinking about all of this. Okay. Then fast forward to today. I am sitting in the kitchen and Brian comes flying in and goes, dude, did you know that cardinals are a type of finch? And I'm like, what? Like no idea, right? Later, I'm reading a reading my angel book again. Number page 28. I flip it open. That's where my bookmark was. I start reading it. Second paragraph. It starts talking about a yellow finch that I had seen several weeks ago. Okay? That's weird. Let's fast forward to later on today when I am sitting on my computer looking up signs about or like learning more about Archangel Raphael. One of the ways that he shows up to you is by having his name on stuff like on a car or it'll be on a building or it'll be the name of something, which is what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Or he will send cardinals or finch birds in your like presence, like in your vicinity. Mind you that I have not been looking for proof of this angel. I just kind of blindly started praying to him because I saw an Instagram post that when you want to ask for healing for anyone or for yourself, pray to this angel. So I just took it and I kind of ran with it. But ever since I've started, it's so odd that random things are like popping up in my day as almost like showing me like keep going, keep praying to this angel. It's just very odd. So that's what I've been dealing with. <laughs> odd synchronicities. Well, it was fascinating. I was reading too because, you know, I obviously don't study birds very often, but <laughs> I don't even know what the, what the proper term He's is lying. He has professional binoculars. He has a telescope. He has all sorts of equipment. I do a lot of bird watching. And he and goes right outside our house and does a lot of bird watching. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was just reading. I kept seeing these cardinals as they gathered um, out right outside our house on these power wires, and they were really pretty looking. And I was reading about cardinals and it popped up and it's like a cardinal is part of the Finch family. And it was talking about all these different meanings of like when you see cardinals in this article I was reading. And something else I didn't realize is that in ancient Egypt and in ancient Greece, they looked at cardinals like a phoenix. So basically Mm -hmm. like death and rebirth and the cycle of, of being reborn again and renewed and ascension and all these things. And it was really fascinating. I had no clue that that's what they thought of in terms of cardinals. It was pretty fascinating. Something else I will say too is that I'm not I'm not a very religious person by any means, but I do have power and belief in like higher beings and higher dimensions and and you know if it's God, whatever it is, or the universe or my higher soul. And I feel as though lately I have like a very strong connection going on right now. Um, you guys probably maybe notice or don't notice, but Brian has noticed that like I've definitely mellowed out a lot over the last several months. Um, as soon as all this COVID stuff happened. 
And I feel like it's completely shifted my, like my energy and my aura. I still have my moments, don't get me wrong. But if you guys have been listening every week, let me remind you of the episode where I freaked out. It was like early April. And I was talking about how I had to learn to be okay with the unknown. Mm -hmm. There was a huge episode on that and I kind of got very candid on that episode. Um, It's the second, first or second episode in April. Might have been even the third. And I feel as though ever since then... it sounds like the episode was in April. (laughs) It was, yeah. I just feel as though since then I've just been very... I don't, I don't know. Like sometimes the life happens. Like sometimes you get into these parts of life and I'm sure a lot of people can relate that you go through this time period of where everything just kind of starts changing on its own and everything is out of your control. Like, you know, things are changing in your family. Things are changing in your relationship. Things are changing in your health. Things are changing in your career, in your finances, whatever, in your friendships, in your relationships. And then all of a sudden you start to let go of resistance because you're tired. So... I feel as though I hit a point, and this is positive, I'm not complaining. I almost hit a point where it's like, wow, one thing after another, and then I just was like, okay, I'm just going to go with the flow now. You know, it's funny. I think that that's probably a pretty common thing. That it is. See, is that mm-hmm. like you spend all this time, it could be years for some people, just like creating this resistance and trying to control things. And then the universe will put these obstacles in you to a point where instead of just like surrendering like you should, yeah. it's just like, all right, we're going to keep hitting you more and more and more until you agree to just be patient yeah. and like completely surrender and just have faith that, you know, your journey is unique to you. Yeah. And I'm, and I definitely have a type A personality too. Like I will be the first one to admit that. But over the last several months, I think forever I have been changed. Like I am just way more mellow, way more chill, way more go with the flow. I I concur. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I don't have emotions. I still get very upset. By upset, I mean sad sometimes. But my anger that I used to have before or like, you know, the immediate reactions that would come out of me if something didn't go our way, that's kind of diminished big time. And all I can tell you is this. I wish I knew all of this earlier. I wish I paid more attention to my stress levels before. I wish that I didn't let things get to me so much. Um, I also wish that I could just disconnect with more ease as I am today. Um, of course I have ups, some days I'm easier to disconnect and other days I'm not, but lately I've just been very, um, like just go with the flow, you know? And if I do sense my emotions arising or I do sense impatience within me or like, you know, our dog Onyx, she's back on crate rest, which obviously it was heartbreaking a couple days ago when I saw she was wobbling again. And I'm like, here we go again, you know? And for people who don't know, we gave up our second dog because we wanted to care for Onyx. Mm-hmm. And now Onyx, you we know... We couldn't have him like playing together. The other one was like a... And so... Loved to play and was kind of rough a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so Noir, the one we gave away, was younger and kind of chunkier. And you just, I mean, 24-7 playtime, 24-7 outside, long, long walks. And Onyx had 24-7 care going on. So it became a lot for us. And so we just wanted to give her somewhere where she, you know, wasn't cooped up with us because mm-hmm. it came to a point where it was unfair to the other healthy dog. Mm-hmm. And so we were also afraid that she would pummel into the one who was... And hurt her worse. And yeah. hurt her worse. So, you know, a couple of days ago, Brian comes in. He goes, you got to look at Onyx. She's like wobbling again. And I was like, well, she really is. And we called the vet and they told us, give her two weeks more crate rest, give her anti-inflammatories and then call us back. She seems to be doing better today. We still have them. We have her crate rested, so I can't 
I can't judge that based off her two minute walk outside to go to the bathroom. But, oh, well, you know, I, I remember in April when she was not walking and freaking out. I remember fighting with Brian. I remember screaming. I remember crying. I remember, you know, being very nervous and scared. I remember picking her up five days after surgery with a huge cut and bump on her back and I was almost going to vomit in the car. Like, I don't do well with things. Like I do not do well with surprises, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> Brian can handle that stuff. Me, I'm like, my world turns upside down. So, and I think most women are like that. So emotionally, it was just a very, and, and also, I didn't have, I didn't experience anything like, I didn't experience anything like this as a kid. All of our dogs have always been healthy. We never had health issues with any dog, and you didn't either. Mm-hmm. So for me, these are things that I've just never navigated through. And obviously, the simple fact that I'm like obsessed with my dogs. Um, so yeah, I got a little, I got upset within, but I didn't react. And I just thought, all right, you know, I talked to my mom and she's just like, you guys didn't do anything wrong. You know, you've given and done everything you could for this dog for the last three months, every day. You gave her the best care, got her the best neurologist, the best surgeons, like everything you could do. And it's just this point, it's like this dog has a destiny too. This dog has a soul too. And you guys have to like, like, just don't let this stress you out. And I really took what she said to heart because I felt as though this was another spiritual test for me. Something your mom said yesterday that I never knew is, is it in Hindu philosophy? Indian philosophy. It's not religious. So this isn't religious, but in Indian philosophy, um, if you, they follow the concept of reincarnation and they believe that a dog is actually the last incarnation that a person that a spirit is i guess until they ascend it's like the closest yeah it's like that's like their line of thought with yeah a dog is like the closest thing to god basically and or a human and god so like it can that's why they say like you should never hurt animals that's why people in india pray to animals all the time like they think they're the divine like their souls god will listen to an animal's soul before a human's that's how cherished animals are, and especially dogs, because they, their soldiers mimic a human soul so much. And we know that, you know, having them as pets, we know that. But um, they say that when it's time for this soul to just completely be liberated and free from salvation and free from these bonds of karma and rebirth and birth and you know all the and death, all these things, it just becomes one with the universe and it doesn't have to reincarnate back on earth anymore usually it's a dog dog his his last time on earth which is freaking awesome and i wish i was a dog so i didn't have to come (laughs) back but um you're the exception yeah but uh i don't know why they gave me comfort and it's like weird because there's like a it was very paradoxical and my mom said that to me i'm like in a way i want her last life to be the best then and i couldn't give it but then another way I was like, oh, she's going to be liberated from all of this, you know, like, and I just felt like this ease of like, let her, let her choose this. I'm going to give her all the rest for the next two weeks. I'm going to go back to the doctor and see what we can do. But they told us some scary shit. And I was just like, okay, you know, basically, I'll just, it just, surrender. just yeah, surrender yeah, just it, another right? example of like changes happening in my life personally affecting me and I'm kind of just rolling with it at yeah. this time and don't, you know, and just try not to have any reactions. I think this is probably a very large stage of transition happening right now, especially with everything that just happened in the world, just like in, in everyone's lives. You know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate. There's probably a lot of changes that are happening right now and they may feel uncomfortable with it. Right. And so 
in general, I think the, the best thing that we've learned is just like the more you can surrender to whatever is going on in your life and just kind of have that detached objectivity and stay grateful and stay happy the best that you possibly can it's going to make it so much easier for you to get through. I mean, I was at a point too where all these protests were happening and the George Floyd thing happened and the pandemic happened and all these things in politics. are Like when people read me the news or talk, talk about it, I can't even explain the feelings that like come up. I have to walk away or I have to just like start zoning out. I start zoning out anymore, which I know I'm sure you notice it because I just, phys- I just emotionally can't deal with it. I just don't want to think about things like that. They make me so sad empathetic or they make me angry mm-hmm. and it's like i have learned already i have learned firsthand what stress does to the body physically and she's like i'm being forced to let go consistently now i'm like a broken record here but um we did so you guys will hear this episode um tomorrow, tomorrow tuesday morning so today's monday but if you guys didn't know we had an eclipse on the fire, what was it called? No, the no, fire no. sun? When was it? It was yesterday, the 21st. So it was the night, it was Friday night into Saturday. That means there's a lot of extreme tension and stress bubbling this past week and this past weekend because usually eclipses bring that up. But if you cruised through this weekend with positive feelings and high vibrations, then these next six months are supposed to be beautiful for everybody. Like really, really good. Um, And I, funny thing is, I was kind of on the brink of freaking out on Friday night. <laughs> I called my mom. Why was it though? I think it was Onyx. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it might have been Onyx and our dog. And so I called my mom. Well, first I hung up on my mom. And I went upstairs in our Buddha room, our meditation room. And I just sat down like, what? You know? And then she called. And for some reason, instead of ignoring her call, I answered it. And she completely talked me down and was like, Nina, there's an eclipse happening in a couple hours. She's like, St. Louis is going to feel it too. The whole world is. She's like, I would advise you to calm down, turn this around for yourself so that you go through this eclipse with a positive and calm mindset. She goes, then your six months will be amazing. And it was so weird because I immediately like snapped out of it. And I was like, I got this. This is going to be, I went to bed slap happy. I believe that whatever was meant to be for onyx would be and i can't control it but i will give her all the love and support that's necessary right now and just rolled with it and that's helped me through the weekend but um, i definitely felt the pressures of the eclipse yeah. for sure um but yeah that's just a little lesson on you guys and a little update on how nina handles stress these days <laughs> brian's having a field day because like, he's always wanted me to be like a little bit more calmer yeah it's good no, I mean, I've definitely seen the evolution for sure over the last couple months. It's been big changes, which is all good things, though. Very it's good. This life will teach you, man. By hook it or will. by crook, by it will teach you. By hook or by crook, it'll teach you. My, it'll get you. Better learn it before. That's right. Um, so, our topic for today was inspired by a conversation that I had with my best friend this morning. And it revolves around friendships. But a little disclaimer, if my friends are listening to this podcast, I'm not thinking about any of you, okay? (laughs) This is not about any of you. I'm not trying to, uh, this is not like code for me talking about somebody by any means. These are things I already went through years and years ago, like 10 years ago, seven years ago. Today in my life, everything's fine and great, but it has made me who I am today and it has made me a much more comfortable person in my own where I don't really surround myself with empty friendships 
or just people. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a social butterfly by any means. I'm actually a very shy person. Uh, hard to know because I have a podcast and I'm on social media all the time, but I'm really I'm a shy person. But uh, the conversation was that sometimes, no, not sometimes, a lot of us do not question our social circles of friends. And in doing that, in not questioning those, we sometimes bring upon ourselves angst, anger, judgment, um, bad feelings towards our, our friends. And also, we stifle our own growth sometimes along the way. And I'll give you an example. Um, this is not me bragging. I feel as though I was one of the few people in our group of friends that kind of started to evolve away. I was always very much disconnected and not attached to everybody in our group. Like, you know, when you're in high school, you have like all the guys and all the girls and you have this one big group of friends and you all get along, but it's the girls and the guys, right? So we had that in, in high school and in college, but I felt as though that once I went away to law school, I really changed as a person. And the change began with like me turning into a vegan. I quit drinking for like two years at one point. So I would go home and I was all of a sudden not the same Nina, right? I could feel myself being insecure because I was so different and felt different now. But I also got a little opposition from my friends too. Like, uh, what the fuck are you going to do now if you don't drink? You know, like. I think it's so, I've actually experienced that before too, where it's like, when you slow down please comment on my drinking. voice by the way but it's funny because it's such like drinking is so ingrained in society in uh, terms only of happy here. hours and cocktails in, in the u.s here. yeah every most other countries it's nothing egypt like this. was an experience we've said this before i didn't mean to cut you off egypt is an experience where people don't drink like that it, it, people are out till 11 a.m uh sorry 12 a.m. and 1 a.m. just eating hummus and smoking a hookah. Yeah. It's it's not common to see people sloshed. India, same shit. Of course, there's a lot of people who drink in India casually, but it's not the norm. Yeah. You know? And what I think so interesting with it is that it almost, whenever somebody like talks to you about it, they, if they're, if they're an individual who is very ingrained in that part of society, right, they will... I think out of confusion or out of a lack of understanding, they're almost like, well, what are you going to do then? Like, what else could you do if you're not going to go have some cocktails at a happy hour or you're not going to go into this and be like, why can I not still participate in all those things without drinking? Like, Getting hounded, yeah. you know? So anyway, this I was only 23 at the time. The same thing happened when I, when I quit eating meat. I remember people would be like, well, Brian, you work out so much. How? What are you going to eat? you know salads it's like no oh i'm getting there yeah. that happened too and well the first one was drinking i was like well li- literally her words were what the fuck are you gonna do and i remember feeling like i did not expect that you know and of course when you first give up drinking at the like 22 23 years old you're just kind of like i don't really want to go out because it's gonna be awkward i'm not gonna have fun you don't know how to handle yourself Today, at 32 years old, I have no problem going out and not having a drink. I can hold my own. I can hold a conversation. Yes, I might leave before 1 a.m. though, you know, obviously. Um, But that was one thing. And then the other thing was when I went vegan in my first year of law school and I was telling friends back home and they were like, what are you going to eat? And I'm like, 
we, oh my god i could not live without pizza like i would just give these are the responses i would get i'm like dude i don't i'm not trying to tell anybody what to do you know i'm just sharing i think i think a lot of times too when you make a decision like that it's a big lifestyle change and other people learn about it they immediately think like you're going to try to persuade them to do the same. And so they will come up with responses. Well, that's like, the I reaction. Could I could never do something like yeah. that, right? It's like yeah. a reactionary kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like, I wasn't asking you to do that. I was, yeah. You asked me a question, I answered exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and so it was just really very odd in in everybody's reactions to, to my changes that I made. And to be honest with you, those changes happened because I was – for the first time, because I went to college in my own hometown, for the first time, I was now 10 hours away from home, mm-hmm. away from my friends, away from the same environment, the same mentality, the same things. And now I was learning new things, you know? I was learning a new way of eating. I was meeting new people with new mindsets. And my God, I didn't know how to get to law school without being a drunkard my first year. So like my second year, I'm like, I got to get my shit together, you know? And so it was, it was, a, it was a health and lifestyle change that I had made but I didn't know how long I was going to keep it up. So all these changes happened and I began to feel like kind of like an outsider if I already didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I would go home and, and see my friends, I just, I didn't really care to share certain things and I really didn't care who was doing what. But what did used to bother me is when people would ask me in front of everybody and then put me down for it or like make fun of me for it. And that's where I started to like not make much of an effort with people when I went home. I mean, I went home whenever I could, especially holidays. That kind of tinkered on when I moved to Philadelphia. If I would go home, there were certain people I connected with and other people I just didn't respond to. I didn't care to. It wasn't because I was mad at anybody or I was judging anybody. I could feel myself changing. And I knew these people were not changing with me. So... That has only gotten tenfold stronger as I've gotten older. Because as I've gotten older, I've gotten more and more confident in myself. I've become more stable in my choices and decisions. And I have done them with my eyes closed for myself and myself only. With zero regard of who cares what. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And some of my friends have evolved with me on their own timelines. And others, I just feel as though are still... It's that same small town mentality is still still there. And I don't go out of my way to talk to any of them. But it doesn't come from a place of judgment anymore. I don't hate anybody. I don't dislike anybody. If anyone reaches out to me, I always respond. I always like have this loving presence of like we pick back up right where we left off. I know that about myself. Because I never want anybody to feel the way that they made me feel. You know, like that's where it comes from. Long story short, my friend and I are talking this morning. And she's going through some awesome changes too in the sense of uh, her career. And it's like all coming together for her. It's working out. She's made some major changes in the last year or two of her life. And I'm almost noticing her kind of elevate in this regard of like she also doesn't see the need to always be in touch with everybody and you know, always inviting everybody everywhere, always doing something. She has she has her own stuff going on now and she's happy. Mm-hmm. She likes her life. She likes her new career. She likes her things. And I, was, and I said to her, I'm like, isn't it crazy how like when things change in your personal life or around you, you tend to move away from those things that you were clinging on to that you thought you needed or wanted. Mm-hmm. But when something new comes around in your life, that's shown to you. The stuff that's not meant to be in your life is shown to you very clearly. And 
we have a group text and whatnot. And sometimes there's some remarks that are made in response to things that I send. Basically, they're not received very well. And obviously, we all notice that. And so, like, you know, my girlfriends will text me, like, away from the group text and be like, oh, my God, like, is so-and-so racist? You know, is so-and-so, like, stupid? Like, they're, like, completely, like, cannot believe, like, what's going on in our chest. And so I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, like, it doesn't hurt me anymore. It doesn't, it makes me laugh now. And it also shows me as to why there are some people I just don't go out of my way to hang out with anymore, even when I am home. Mm-hmm. And I've evolved from them, and that's okay. So... She was agreeing with me and she was like, yes, definitely. I feel like I've just moved on, you know, from the same people and the same things. And I think something important to note here too, because I've experienced this firsthand in my life is that, you know, there's no judgment associated when you say like you've evolved on from a scenario, oh, right? No. I think what, and this is, there's actually science behind why this happens. Um, and it has to do with an energy output that occurs and when you are vibrating at a certain level based on your emotions that you're exuding out of yourself mm-hmm. um, and you are like creating this new reality around you, right? And it may be because you're very ambitious or you have goals or you have something you're going after and all of a sudden you become so passionate about this and it becomes like this new obsession where you're like, I gotta go, to, I gotta, I'm gonna do this because it makes me happy. It's purposeful, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have this group of people that you hung out with or maybe they were with you your whole life and you grew up with and they are interested in something else, right? They could be just as passionate as something else. Like it would cause almost like a diversion of paths. Yeah. Because you're creating a reality and attracting things into it that align with this purpose that you have. And another person that could be your best friend your whole life potentially is focused on this other thing. And they're creating a reality that line, which means different connections, different opportunities, different life path, right? And so it doesn't always just mean like, you know, there's there's people that have that are gossiping or this and that, and you don't or don't partake in that anymore. So you're taking this different thing. That can definitely happen too, right? And that's the same concept of of this energy exchange. Um, but it can also happen just because you have two different paths based on two different you know very passionate people, and it just creates different realities for them. And then you grow a little bit distant. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mean distant in terms of like. Um, you know, to distant like emotionally in a sense, right? Because you don't maybe talk to them as much or you're a little more separated because you're so focused on what you do. But I think a good like emotional barometer to look at there is like, I think about this all the time. Like I have created this reality now based on this years and years of work that I've done where there's a ton of people that were my best friends growing up, right? That I never talked to anymore. And it's not because I, like I love them to death. They're great people, right? But like I get so focused on what I do that I know that, if I'm going after these goals that I have, it's going to create a new circle. And I have to be cool with that. And I am, right? Like it is this personal evolution that you go through. And I'm sure all these people that I used to hang out with are going through their own unique personal evolutions in one way or another. Agreed. I, I it, There's no, you're right. There's no judgment in that. Being evolved is not like some like, oh, I'm better than you. No, not at all. Because they're going through their own stages of life. It's just different than yours. Yeah. And yours is different than theirs. But what we got into a discussion about was how sometimes we hang on to these same people because we grew up with them or we've known them our whole lives and it could be to our detriment, you know? It's not fun to be in a text thread and to consistently have your feelings or your thoughts on world and society and, you know, deeper deeper discussions, which I always go there, um, to be 
condemned or made fun of or to like be put down or to be like responded to with a meme you know there's like there's friends that you can have serious conversations with and have meaningful conversations with and then there's those that just like never you can't even hold a conversation with those same people anymore you know you used to hang out with you were kids but like now today you're two different people and so emotionally though you feel a need to stay connected because your other friends are connected in your group of friends and so and so is friends with them and so and so but I have definitely learned over the last several years, this isn't anything new for me, that if I don't vibe with somebody, I don't care if you're friends with my best friend. I'm not going to talk to you. And I don't feel guilty about it either. And I certainly have no bad feelings towards you either. Mm -hmm. It's just a complete like, I am choosing. I'm making a choice. Instead of like feeling some sort of way every time we have a discussion or every time I see you, I just go away. You know, like I, I distance myself. And people can take that as I'm bitchy or whatever like it is what it is but what I'm trying to say is that there's nothing wrong with changing your social circle there's nothing wrong with saying okay like I just don't vibe with this person I have bad feelings every time they're around or every time we have a conversation like okay be okay with that and then honor it you'll know too like there's certain people I feel like in everyone's lives where you may get very focused on what you're doing and you are creating this this path of your own personal evolution and you may not speak or talk to somebody that you grew up with for years, right? And then you go back and it's like nothing ever changed. Like, like every time you see that person, yeah. it's basically like you pick up exactly where you left off. Like there's that type of relationship. And then there's also the other type like you mentioned where you do you know, go through your own personal evolution and you never do connect back with these people. And that's fine. Like there's this can happen in a variety of different ways. And the most important thing you need to focus on as you move through this is, you know, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing is how are you feeling each and every day? Because you're the one that has to get up and live your life, right? Nobody else does. And so really releasing and surrendering, like we talked about before, that to that path and knowing that you're going to move on a path in life. And if you're progressing, which is a good thing, you are going to have people that shed out of your life yeah and you have to just i know that our other friends can keep us stringed with them right but it's like that just doesn't apply to parents either that can apply for some people it's family members some people i'm I'm sorry uh, that that just doesn't apply to friends oh i'm saying for other people that could be certain family members or like cousins like it doesn't have to just be a friend relationship as you're going through these evolutions i agree with that but i feel as though that's a that's a different topic because that's very hard to deal with yeah but i'm saying it depends on your circumstance like what if you are um, you know, if you grew up and you had an, a, a parent that was terribly abusive to you, right? Like you grow and you progress and you go through your personal evolution and that person sheds out of your life and you have to be okay with that because you're now in a better place. You're not back with that, with what happened in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's different for each person. There's a lot of ways that that can manifest. But, you know, I think this, this concept that we're laying out right now, it doesn't only apply to just friends. Yeah. At the end of the day, you just have to do you. And you have to do it without having any bad feelings towards them or even guilt feelings toward yourself. That's what I was trying to I don't have guilt anymore. I don't carry that guilt anymore. And I don't think anybody should. It's okay to become friends and then now acquaintances years later. That's okay. That happens. Things happen. It's worse, I think, to keep yourself in that social circle of friends and to force your friendships with people and then have judging, judging feelings towards them or have angst towards them or have to censor yourself around them. That's not good either for yourself. And that's not healthy. That's also not a true friendship. So 
that's where I'm coming from that I just think that as you get older and I'm sure a lot of people in their early 30s are feeling this way like you just change and you evolve um, I'm also not a I'm not a huge drinker so I don't I never ever had oh no I did have drinking friends um, our bigger circle of friends was and is still that way but because I got out of that in my early 20s I quickly kind of like got out of that whole like these are my drinking buddies and I got it you know what I mean like that kind of left quickly and that's where it all started for me. So cut drinking out of your equation and see who really is your friend. <laughs> who do you really vibe with? Who do you have real conversations with? Who do you text every day? Who do you speak with every single day? Who do you have real, meaningful, deep conversations with all the time? Just watch. I bet you can count them on one hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I think, too, that we talked about before, like whenever you make big, these big lifestyle changes and diet was another big one that I noticed and I think it contributed with like the slowing down or almost deletion of drinking for me altogether because like and it goes to show what it actually does when it impacts your body because when you clean up your diet and start removing certain things and I noticed this for me personally when I quit eating meat and dairy is alcohol affected me like a hundred X compared to what it used to when I was eating meat and dairy Mm -hmm. and at first I was like wow like I could like just after like a couple drinks, I would notice myself being like, you know, it seemed like I had a, the equivalent of what when I used to eat meat and dairy, like I would have like a bunch of drinks, right? And so the impact on it when you clean your diet up and your body starts to like become more efficient with operating and then you implement that big into it, it's almost like you're like, holy cow, I feel like I'm poisoning myself, you know, mm-hmm. because the impact of it is just so much more severe and it hits you so much faster, which is why like now because my my lifestyle is incredibly clean. I, I don't like revert back to that very often because it's just something that even like in small amounts, even in like a drink or two, it's like a monumental impact very quickly, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if someone's going through this at this point or feeling some sort of way, but it's okay to outgrow your friends that you've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to want to just have distance from them or it's okay to evolve and change. What it's, what's not okay is to stay there and force friendships and relationships. It's not okay to censor yourself, and it's not okay to judge them for thinking differently than you. Doing that, I think, is just coming from a place of ego, and it's going to cause a bunch of challenges until you learn to man or woman up yeah. as a person and say, I don't need this anymore, Yeah. right? Like, I, I'm, I, I can do my own thing, and I'm cool with that, you know? Agreed. It's where you reach that the level of that internal maturity to really kind of take that next step and be like, all right, let's do it. Whatever it ha- whatever the path is, let's do it. But I don't have to be worried about somebody coming along with me if they're not a good fit anymore. Yeah. I feel like friends should not be like a, a problem. Uh, they should be supportive. They should be supportive. Regardless of the scenario. Yeah. And by your 30s, you should have friends who feel like family at this point. You mm-hmm. know, you could tell them anything. You could talk to them about anything. And it's always okay. You know, you're not worried about the small, petty high school stuff anymore. That's just how I feel, though. But I agree. You know, it is what it is. Do you want to tell everybody about the lifestyle course and where they can find it? Sure, absolutely. So, if you haven't checked it out yet, go to buydixonlifestylecourse.com. And Nina and I released our course, and um, you know, it's been out for a little bit now, and we're getting some a lot of interest in it. And I'm super excited to push this content to people because it's just so incredibly valuable, especially as there is this more working from home environment with people and people still don't feel great about going back to gyms or going out to restaurants. Like we've created this amazing 
curriculum to have some very impactful lifestyle changes. So much, in fact, actually, that off of these things, I was telling you the other day, like when all this COVID stuff started happening, that's when we first put pen to paper, in a sense, to build this course out. And I was like, I want to test some of these things out and like, let's let's do it so that as we're releasing this course, like maybe there's an awesome use case or testimonial for myself for doing this, right? Like I was already doing a lot of this, but I got super strict with it when we had several months where nobody was leaving their house. And like, just from like an exercise perspective for the exercise protocol for men that I lay out in this uh, lifestyle course, I've literally lost, what, 20 pounds, something like that over the last couple months. Um, And I wasn't overweight by any means, but I mean, just like really dialing it in and focusing on that and like being efficient about my workouts and what I'm putting in my body. Um, And that's just like one part of this course. Like we do the body, we do the mind, and we discuss nourishment as well. And so there's just like some amazing things I think that people can learn and capture from this information. So if you just go to bydixandlifestylecourse.com, you can check it up on there. Um, Once you take the course, we'd love to get your feedback on it. I think it's super valuable for everyone. That's all we have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And we will talk to you next week. Take care.